is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our sports from Sports Radio 810 WHB, our flagship station in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. I've been in practice in my 39th year now as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area. I've had the privilege to work with pro teams, the Olympic team, college teams, high school teams. You name it, I've worked with pretty much everybody at all levels of sport. I've been doing this about as long as anybody in the country. And we're here on our 28th year on radio in the Kansas City area, and as I said, around the country in a number of cities. And you know, I look forward to doing this show each week because we talk about, on this show, topics that a lot of people, you know, the typical sports talk show may reference or get into, but they don't really get into it in the depth that we do here. And I try to come up with a topic each week that I think will be of interest. And today I want to talk about something because it affects us all. If you have a child who plays sports, if you've played sports, you have probably at some point had to deal with a coach who was a little bit negative, or maybe a lot negative, or maybe verbally abusive, maybe even physically abusive, God forbid. But I am dealing now with several clients in my office. I have a practice in Kansas City. I see people on a private basis all the time. I have for since 1981. And I've got three people right now who have complained to me about their coaches all high school kids, and two of them are young ladies who've played softball and volleyball, and they're dealing with it pretty effectively. But I have a young man who just started with me in July. He's a high school basketball player. And I want to tell you what's going on with him. Great kid. In fact, he had, his grandfather was a college and NBA player. When he was a sixth grader, he was on a team with a coach who got to be pretty negative. And got to the point where he started being so negative that his parents took him off the team and said, we're not playing for you. We don't like your language. We don't like the way you coach. And the coach basically was like, well, screw you. Goodbye. That was sixth grade. He's now a freshman in high school at a Kansas City high school. Guess who his coach is? Same guy. So he was in last week. And he said, Dr. Jacobs, I need to tell you what's going on. And this is the second time I've seen him since high school started. He hadn't started basketball practices yet, and now he has. And he says, Doc, he goes, it's the same coach. I don't like the guy, but he's been okay with me so far. But, Doc, i got to tell you what he's doing. He's calling people names. I said, really? Like what? And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what this, this young man has told me this coach says. And I've had it confirmed by his parents and somebody else at that school. He calls people, he calls kids when they mess up, retards and F-ups, okay? He calls kids retards because they screw up in, in basketball. All right, 
In my opinion, this is a man who should be fired immediately. He shouldn't be coaching. Why would you call a kid that? First of all, that's verbally abusive. It's mentally abusive. It's wrong. And in today's society, with our sensitivity to things that go on, of course, there are people in political office who say call people names, which I have problems with. But you don't call kids names like that if you're a coach. You have no business coaching. This is why for years I've talked about the importance of educating coaches about the psychological impact they have on kids. And you want to know something? A lot of coaches look at what I do and say, screw you, Doc. I don't need you. Okay? Because they don't want to deal with these issues. There's a lot of this that goes on, and it happens a lot. And if if you had, if your son or daughter's coach called your child a name, I want to know what you'd do. We're going to open up our phone lines here, and I want to hear from you. If you're, if you're a coach, and you've heard another coach call an athlete a name, what would you do? If you're an administrator, what would you do? But I want to read something from a, an article that was written about this. And it's a little lengthy, but I want to read it, because it, this, this happens so commonly. This is from a high school quarterback, 16-year-old high school quarterback. He loved football until his coach destroyed his mental game. I'm going to read what he said. He said, going into high school, I was a standout athlete with high confidence. But after my freshman year, I started to lose interest. It just wasn't fun anymore. I hated practice because I was always worrying about messing up and being embarrassed by the coach. In games, I worried about what he would say or do if I made a mistake, so I became less aggressive. When I thought I did something right, he thought it was wrong. And when I worked, when I tried to work hard to gain his approval, it was never good enough. It got to the point where I was making up excuses to get out of practice, and I even hoped I would be benched so I didn't have to worry anymore. I knew the coach was tough, and I have no problems doing extra work or having someone push me to be better. But when he gets in my face, calls me out, embarrasses me in front of the team, has a problem with me every day, calls me names, it makes me question why I still play. I used to play to learn, compete, be with friends, and have fun. Now I can't wait for the season to be over, and practice is always the worst part of my day. I dread it. I don't tell anyone how it affects my motivation and confidence because it's football and everybody complains about the coach. You just have to quit or accept it. All right. We've got issues today with these things. And so I want to find out if you're a parent and you hear from your son or daughter that they have a coach who has been verbally abusive, negative, condescending, insulting, degrading, what do you do anything? Do you go to the school? Do you go to the coach? What do you do? We're going to open up our phone lines so we can get some calls on this. I want to hear from you if you're a, if you're a parent and you have a son or daughter who plays sports and has said something to you about their coach. Do you do anything about it? If you're an athlete and you have a coach who has been verbally abusive, do you say something? Do you just suck it up and keep dealing with it because you want to be on the team and play? This is a problem that is a lot more common than we think because a lot of coaches out there don't understand the effect they have on kids. And I'm going to talk about self-confidence in our next segment and the effect that these things have on kids, not just in their sports life but everything else they do. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're talking about coaches who become abusive, coaches who get verbally abusive, how you deal with it. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, 
visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHP in Kansas City. Today's topic is this issue. The issue of self-confidence in kids and how kids' confidence is affected by coaches, positively or negatively. And in our first segment, I read a story from a high school freshman football player who lost his desire to play because of the verbal abuse from his coach. And I also talked about a client I have who has a high school freshman basketball coach. And I mention this again. His high school freshman coach, they're starting practices, has called kids names. And excuse me what I'm going to say, but this is what he said. He calls kids retards when they screw up. And F-ups. Okay? Now, well, if, if you have listened to our show, you know I have co-authored a book. It's called Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. My co-authors are Jeff Montgomery, Kansas City Royals all-time closer leader, Hall of Famer in the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame, one of the best people I've ever known, and Pete Malone, who coached the Kansas City Blazers swim team for almost 40 years, coached over 10,000 kids who swam, including my son. Jeff also coached my older son. Pete had five Olympic gold medals. Pete was tough on kids. And he and I talked about it a lot. Sometimes he would, he would go too far and he would apologize. He would, but he, he, he never called kids names. He didn't do that. Okay? And I've been around coaches who've done that and I've stood up to them before. And I'll tell you something. They don't like it. They don't like it at all. In fact, I work with one of the national uh, Olympic cycling teams. I had an issue with a coach where I confronted him on it, basically quit after that. Verbal abuse is not acceptable because confidence is that belief in yourself. And in our book, Just Let Him Play, our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. I don't care if you play ping pong, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, tennis, golf, swimming, lacrosse, bowling, tennis, golf. It doesn't matter. You're going to fail. You're going to screw up. Do you do it on purpose? Probably not. There might be some kids that do. We can get into that later. But the fact is, if you screw up, it's part of the game. So as a coach, do you then call someone a name? I've told this young man, the high school basketball player, his mom, when they were in last week and brought this up, the young man said, I don't want to say anything yet, Doc, because he hasn't called me that name. I said to the mom, I said, what are you going to do? She goes, well, if he calls my son that name, I'm going to the athletic director. I said, well, I go to the athletic director now. Why wait till he calls your son that name? Because he's going to do it if he's calling the other kids that name. I said, well, I'll think about it. They're going to come back in another week, and I'll be interested to see what happens. If you have a coach who calls your child a derogatory name, do you say anything as a parent? Do you just let him do it? You need to speak up. You need to say something. Now, a lot of people are afraid to, I don't want to, I don't want to cause my kids playing time. They may not play. They've got to be tough. 
Okay, confidence is about believing in what you do. Confidence is destroyed easily. And I have seen this in my 39 years of work. Not five, not 10, but 39. It's blown me away. I've been doing it this long. I've seen coaches who have destroyed kids' confidence, athletes' confidence, because of their egos. Because their egos get involved. It's all about them. We got to win. We got to show how tough we are. Well, that's actually a bunch of BS. You don't have to be show people how tough you are. You've got to be mentally strong. And you've got to learn to fail. Embracing failure is part of success and failure in life. We screw up at a lot of things. And when you screw up, how do you handle it? How do you learn from it? How do you grow from it? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week, and I want to hear from you. If you are a coach, and you have had a situation where you're coaching, and you've heard another coach get abusive with kids, what do you do? If you're a parent, and you hear about this, maybe not with your kids, maybe with another kid, what do you do? And if you're an administrator, do you put these people on leave? Do you fire them? How do you handle it? A lot of people have to understand you have to be educated in psychology as well as in fundamentals. Okay, we're going to go to the phones. Let's see our first caller today. Let's see what Dennis has to say. Dennis, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dr. Jacobs. Uh, I'm glad you brought this subject up because it's been heavy on my mind as I observe college, high school, and professional coaching. And I think the two best examples of this that we could relate to, and I'm interested in your comments on this, would be uh, coaches like Bobby Knight, who are actually up even to the point of being physically abusive, but definitely verbally abusive, um, but got by with it. Uh, school, uh, the boosters, the players, the parents, he slid for years with this type of uh, style of coaching because of success, I, I assume. Uh, however, there are other coaches uh at every level that have risen to higher, uh, you know, outcomes and in winning, uh, like Calipari. Uh, he, he doesn't do that. Uh, I know, and, I, and Dennis, I know John Calipari because when he was a grad assistant at KU in the 80s, I was the sports psychologist with the team. Okay. So I, I spent an entire year with John, and he is a good person. I mean, I know he's tough, but John, he, yeah, he understands how far he can go, and then he stops. Yeah, you know, when I was wrestling in college, I I uh, encountered a coach who corrected with praise, and he had phenomenal results at, at a Division II college, even though he'd never wrestled in his life. Uh, but, the you know, the, we responded to him because he, when he corrected us, he did it with praise. He always had something positive to say about our effort or attitude. So let me, well, let me ask you, Dennis, why do you think... A coach, okay, let, let, let's talk about the specific situation. This high school coach, freshman high school coach in the Johnson County area, very prominent high school, calls kids retards. Okay? So if you're a parent, if you hear that, maybe he didn't call your son that, but you heard he called the kid that, What? What would you do anything? Would you say anything, or do you just sit on your hands? The first thing I would do is I would speak to him personally in private. Even if he uh, didn't say that to your son, you just heard he'd said it to another oh, kid. absolutely. Okay. Gotcha. If my son was on the team and I heard him say that, I figured, well, you know, sooner or later he's going to say it to everybody on the team or at least, you know, his his pet, the um, kids he beats up on, the ones, you know, they just don't seem to get it. Uh, but, you know, the tolerance that people have for this, uh, it, we are in an age of permissiveness now in certain ways. 
uh, and the, the kids are used to this. And, and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, he's the coach. And he, or she's the coach. She can do this. Well, no, they can't. You know, it's, uh, and we've got all kinds of movements where people are saying they're offended. Well, <clears throat> you know, as an athlete, and you're subject to the rule of the coach, He's pretty much the king of the of the whole realm. There. Well, but what? So you would go up to this coach. Let's go back to us. So you go to the coach. What would you say to him? I'd say I would appreciate it if you would use a different type of language when you speak to the players. So then he um, so then he says, "We well, you know what you're a retard too." Then what are you going to do? Well, I'd go to the athletic director or the principal immediately. I mean, first of all, that ter- you don't say that to people, okay? But see, in my opinion, he should be gone. Okay, he well, should be suspended immediately, if not fired. Now. You know, you, you give him the opportunity to explain himself and maybe educate him because maybe he doesn't know better. But in my opinion, someone like that should be gone. He should not be around kids. He should not be teaching them or coaching them because you don't see. Where do you think the kid's confidence goes when he calls them those names? Oh, it goes in the tank. Right. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, if he has any respect for the coach at all, his power and position, uh, he's going to, you know, he's going to feel down and feel bad. So you would go, you would go, even if you heard it, he said this to, to another kid, you would go up to the coach and say something. Absolutely. And then, and, and then you go to the athletic director. Yep, or, or the principal. One should, or the he be, should he be fired? I think he should be suspended okay. uh, you know, for a little while and say, okay, you're going to clean up your act here. Well, regardless of his winning record, uh, but it seems like the winning coaches get to slide, <laughs> or, or the teams that can't get a coach. There's a lot of this... Uh, kid coaching that goes on the parents don't want to be a coach but some guy steps up to the player woman and you know they're just terrible. well you, yeah and so so the bottom line is you would say something listen dennis i want to thank you for calling in good comments this morning i appreciate it thank you dr Jacob. take care of yourself all right that frees up our lines i want to hear from you if you're a coach if you're a parent if you're an athlete and you have been or heard verbal abuse from a coach you've heard a coach being abusive to a kid on a team Maybe it's not your kid. Do you say something? Do you not say something? And if you're a coach, are you brave enough to call me up and say you've done this before? And Hey, I need to change. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. 
I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Today's topic is one that I think is an important one. It's about coaches who are verbally abusive. And I've mentioned a scenario here in the Kansas City area with a coach who, a high school basketball coach who calls kids' names. I've heard this validated from two people associated with the team as well as some other people at this school. And I mentioned earlier, he, he calls kids retards when they screw up. In my opinion, this man should be fired, suspended, he should not be coaching these kids until he is educated or trained to understand what he's doing. And if he doesn't change, then he should be gone. Confidence can be destroyed so easily by coaches with the things they say. Oftentimes, you know, I think people who coach are great people. But sometimes their egos or emotions get in the way. 
But when you have someone whose ego and emotion is why they're in it, that's not the right reason they should be there. I would say a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about them. It's about the kids. Let's see what Brian has to say. Brian, good morning. How are you? Oh, good. How are you doing, doctor? Great. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I wanted to bring up a point. Uh, it, I wasn't totally into it, but I have a, a really I have a best friend, and his son played for high school about two years ago. And uh, it's ironic that you bring something up regarding, you know, how do you react to a coach who puts people down and how do you get involved with this situation and how do you rectify it? Anyway, what happened is in this certain situation, which I think it's real compelling, uh, he was a very good, you know, athlete was on a basketball team and during this process this coach was condoning and putting people down calling them calling them names he was like a light switch you know he's up and out all the time and my friend of mine who actually played college ball and were pretty competitive uh he was kind of getting concerned and he was wondering why his kid was kind of like he was really down and like you know shy and withdrawn like he wasn't talking much you know you know what's going on so and so right and he ended up finding out that coach did this now here's the here's the twist um he went to didn't go to the coach he went to the administrator well lo and behold guess what the administrator knew the guy who he hired as a coach so the end result was um he took his kid off the team he didn't play his senior year they played some outer league because they did not get rid of the coach okay i think this is very common you know, it, it, it's called friendship. Now, I, I think these situations happen a lot more, Brian, than I think, you know, we talk about. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And the, and the sad part about it, Doctor, is this, is that, you know, the, the administrator knew it was a problem. And once again, you heard about it's hard to replace the coach that was there, right? So, what do you, I mean, he's doing it to kids now. Well, part of the problem is, part of the problem is, Coaches and administrators are friends. I mean, that's not a problem. That that's just that's just fact. I mean, they work together. But you've got to have the guts, if you're an administrator, to put to draw a line with what's right and wrong. You know, let's take the situation with Larry Nasser and the USA Gymnastics and the whole thing at Michigan State. There are a bunch of people involved in those organizations who didn't have the guts to say anything because I'm sure there are people that knew what was going on. Oh, no, no, no. Well, we can't do anything because we need to win. We need to win. These girls need to make the Olympic team. Okay? Yes. I mean, the fact of the matter is I've been doing this for 39 years. I have dealt with coaches who've been this way. I've been in I've, – I've confronted coaches. I I lost a job once because I confronted a coach about this. I have a question. Have you um, – is it getting worse, in your opinion, or is it about the same? Or what do you – how do you think the trend is going? Well, look, we've got an issue in our society with this whole issue of respect. And, you know, when the President of the United States degrades people, it gives people the permission, other people, to do it. I, I have issues with the way he talks. I don't right. agree with his language. I don't agree with cutting people down. My grandmother, if she was alive, if she met him, would wash his mouth out with soap because of the way yeah. he talks to people. And uh, believe me, she did it to me once never did it again because I learned, okay, called my sister a name, never did it again. The fact of the matter the fact of the matter is respect is a problem. And when you don't respect people, you know, if you're a coach, your job is to teach, to guide, to learn. You're a psychologist, you're a, you're a disciplinarian, you're a friend, you're a parent, you're a supporter. You've got to be able to teach and guide. But, you know, kids are going to screw up and make mistakes. 
So if they do, so what? That's correct. Right? So what? Okay, and if you don't have the guts as an administrator to call out that person, you should probably lose your job, too. Because you know what? You're dealing with kids' lives. And well, when, I, 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 so, so I'm sorry. I, I, this just this stuff just really bothers me. This this but, basketball coach who calls kids f ups and retards has no business okay. coaching. Do you agree? I, I, yeah. But one other point I want to say is that I think we're having that lack of respect because we're not allowed to discipline the kids like we used to. I'm not talking about beating them. You know, I'm not talking about that. But you're right. The trends change, and the, and there is there's no room. That, or I'm not sure what why we're, what we're losing, but. We're not able to discipline like we should about that. We're not. Well, there are th- there are ways that and look, you know, there there are some kids that need to be pushed harder than others. Okay, there are some kids you need to get into into their head and push them and challenge them, but you don't call them names, you don't call them derogatory terms, and you don't insult them. Okay, that goes over the line, and that's that's where I'm at with this. Listen, thank you for your call, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's go next to Jake. Jake, good morning, Doctor Jacobs. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, as a guy who's played high school football, baseball, all the way growing up and then played college football, I have been coached by several different levels of coaches. And I understand when you get to a level where athletes, they need to be coached a little harder than just regular students. But I think at a high school level, especially at that level of coaches, the same as teachers should be taught how to use correct language pushing a pushing a student athlete to the best of their ability and expecting more out of them is is fair but the language they use is definitely something that can either break a kid down or ruin them and i think it's one of those situations where a coach at that level at a high school level needs to be taught the language and the way they you know how you can be hard on the kid and harder on a student athlete but the language you use towards a kid at that age needs to be taught so you can't go over the top and there's no room or excuse for anybody to use that kind of language to a kid any age but especially at high school age when their mind's that susceptible to being so so what would you what would you do with this high school freshman basketball coach who calls kids retards when they screw up my first situation with that guy is give him a chance and if he doesn't reciprocate to the opportunity to correct himself, then he should be gone. And anybody who backs that kind of language or activity should be gone as well. Like there's no there's no way you can support talking to kids at that age. Like, when you say given when you say given a chance, what do you mean? Uh, well, I, by given a chance, you should be given a chance to this is what you're doing wrong and this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. You can't change and fix what you're doing. I mean, he, he, he may not know, and he may not be, ever been told that's wrong. That's just the way and that, and that's And that's a good point, I, but I think somebody like that should be immediately, I think the first thing he should be suspended, he or she should be suspended yeah, immediately, I, I, and then explained, explained, and then they come back, if they do it again, they're gone. Yeah, I don't disagree with the suspension, but I also give, I think everybody should be given a chance. This might be the way he's been done. If nobody's ever told him or explained why that's wrong, that's just the way he does it. So if, if he might have a reaction with some of the kids and some of them like like re- respond well to it, but that's that's not the way to do anything at a kid that age. Let me let me let me Jake. Let me interrupt you here. Let me ask you a question with something you just said. If he doesn't know it's wrong, how stupid can someone be to know that that's not wrong? I mean that in my opinion, I, I get what you're saying, but okay, this, 
That's the, his coach for his parents. That's how they taught him. Okay. Good point. And Good point. Nobody told him. Nobody, he just, that's how he was brought up. That's the way he does because that's the way he learned. Maybe he's a great coach and has an opportunity to teach several kids a lot of good things, but he's not using the language or being taught to do it in the correct way. I think every high school coach, anybody that teaches kids at that age, should be go should have to go through a situation just like a referee, whoever, to teach the the language, the appropriate way to teach kids at that age. A lot of these coaches are great coaches, and they get off on you know what you're a great coach. They don't have to go through all these things like referees have to go through stuff like the way you react. Well, I think I think along the lines there, Jake, and I agree with you, they should be taught about the psychological impact they have on kids. I think and it's great guy, to teach X's and O's, but you need to talk about mindsets, too. No, I, and I agree. And this guy could be a great guy down the road if he has, you know, some conversation about the way he approaches the language. He could be a great influence on kids down the road. If he was brought up in the household or by coaches in his past, and that's the way they did things, you're bringing up a great. You're bringing up a chance. great point. You're bringing up a great point, and you may be 100 percent correct, and that might be what he needs. Listen, sir. Thank you for calling in. Great comments this morning. I appreciate it. Right. Have a good day. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're talking about coaches who are verbally abusive. Why are they that way? How do you deal with? Them? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million.
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Talking about abusive coaches, destroying confidence, how that happens with kids. And this all came about because of a client I have who's a high school basketball player. He's a freshman. And he had a coach when he was in sixth grade who was real negative, and his kids took him off the team because of the way the coach was treating him, and then he goes to high school and finds out, wow, he's my freshman coach. And in practices, this coach has been verbally abusive to some kids, not to him, but to other kids. And as I've mentioned earlier, he's called kids retards and F-ups. And in our session last week, his mom said, well, he hasn't said anything to my son yet, but if he does, I'm going to go to the administrator. I said, I think you need to go now. He shouldn't be doing that because he's going to say it to your son eventually. And he shouldn't be doing that. So I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're a parent, how do you deal with these situations? If you're an administrator, what would you do? And we're going next to Rick. Rick, good morning. How are you? Rick, are you there? Hey, um, all my kids are grown, and I was a baseball assistant baseball coach from third grade all the way to my boy got into high school. And if a coach would have said that to anybody – that would have been the last thing he would have said. He would have never coached in any league I was associated with or my kids, period. Well, what would you What would you have done? I would have gone straight to the head of the organization and told them exactly what they did, and that was uncalled for. So, you do not call a human being that. Well, I agree. I, I think it's totally wrong, and, you know, our last caller said, you know, you suspend somebody, maybe that was what he was taught. Okay, then obviously his parents had issues, but but there you know there there's language that you can say to kids that you can change, and there's language you say that has a demeaning effect that affects them, and you don't use that type of word. But the fact is, he is at a high school in the Kansas City in the Johnson County area, and he's and a lot of people know he says it. I was talking with somebody Friday night here in Kansas City. We have the American Royal Barbecue. I was down there. I was talking to some people about what I was talking about today on the show, and this. Uh, lady that I was talking with said, yeah, I know all about him. He's been doing that for a long time. He's called kids that for a long time. So obviously he has a reputation of this, but nobody said it. So obviously he's got a connection with the athletic director, the administrators, and they don't care. Well, my my boy, he's in California now. He's uh, 35 now. So I've been out of coaching for a little bit. 
But still, that's deplorable. I was the outfield coach, and I'm going to make this real quick. In fielding practice, if the kids dropped the ball, they automatically dropped their glove and went and hit the fence. The next time, they didn't drop the ball. I didn't have to call them names. I didn't have to do anything. And they respected me for that. Well, but, but see, here's the thing. How do you coach failure? Okay? Failure is part of sport. And you don't demean someone and degrade them and insult them because they failed. They didn't do it on purpose. I mean, a a great example, and I I work with several NFL players. I was talking with one about this this past week. A few years ago, the Packers were playing the Seahawks in the playoffs. And it was in Seattle. Seattle was behind. They they ended up winning. And Seattle does an onside kick. It goes through the hands of one of the, the Packers defenders, who was the reserve tight end, Hits its helmet, and the Seahawks recovered. Now it's the playoffs, okay? This guy didn't do that on purpose. He goes to the sideline. The special teams coordinator, special teams coach, rips off his headset, went over, and they showed it. He was in this guy's face just going after him. I mean, you know, we didn't hear what he was saying. He'd be well, pulled. You could probably, you could probably tell. Yeah. Well, he and this this player had his head in his hands, looking at the ground. Well, there's still two and a half minutes left in the game, and I'm sitting there thinking, this guy's in, this guy's really not very bright, because there's still time left in the game. You're demoralizing him. He didn't do that on purpose. At least you assume he didn't. And he's going to have to go back out there probably. Well, and indeed he did go back out there. Well, he got pushed away. Several players pulled the coach away, and a couple of guys were there giving him hugs. All right, well, the Packers end up losing. The Seahawks won. That, that guy got cut. Okay. I mean, mistakes happen in sport. But as a coach, you don't degrade a player, especially, you know, listen, when you get to college, it, it does become a little bit different. Okay. You've survived the world of youth sports and high school sports, right? Wouldn't you agree when you make it to the college level? Absolutely. They still, at the college level, they don't need to be degraded. I agree. You know, last year in the NCAAs, Tom Izzo got a lot of flack because he went ballistic after one of their freshman players. Now, the fact is, if you go play for Tom Izzo and you get recruited by him and you agree to play there, you know that's how he coaches. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Okay. But, you know, Tom Izzo's been around a long time. He's done this. That's how he coaches. Okay. So you're going to go there and play for him. You know that. You don't bet at the high school level and the youth sport level, and I hear about it all the time. Coaches who demean, demean and degrade kids because they screwed up. They need, you know, they probably need to come see me and have a session or two, to be honest with you. But well, the, go ahead. I, I've, worked, I've worked construction for 42 years, and this is the last thing I'm going to say and then I'm going to let you talk. Uh, I was running a night crew here several years ago, and this apprentice, he knocked over in a high-end clothing store knocked over a half a gallon of oil-based paint all over a hardwood floor and he went he went nervous nuts i go man don't worry about it. now i'm not perfect don't don't get me wrong i i stand here as some holier than now i go dude calm down let's get it cleaned up and let's just not make a i said we're here in the middle of the night let's get it cleaned up i didn't call him stupid i didn't call him nothing it's just I think his name was Kevin. I said, Kevin, let's get it cleaned up and let's go on with the night and let's just forget about it. And we did. 
it was no, it, there's no sense in sitting there and screaming at somebody because they screwed up. In sports, make them run laps. Do something. Make them do push-ups. But don't degrade the kid. Well, I think that's the right way to do it, and you obviously were successful when you coached. Listen, thanks for your call. I appreciate it very Thank much. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You know, this topic is one we're going to talk about again because it is an issue. And if you are a parent listening today and you hear a derogatory term towards your child or another child on a team, I think you need to say something. Now, there's a way to say it and a way not to say it, but I think what you do if a coach says something derogatory to your son or daughter, you pull them aside, not at that moment, because you're going to be heated, they're going to be heated. That's not the time to do it. Pull aside, say, Coach, can we talk? Say, listen, I have an issue. I heard you call my daughter a name. I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. See what they say. They may not even realize they did it. And a lot of the times they don't realize it because it's the heat of the moment. But you need to bring it up and say, look, you can't do that with my daughter. You can't do that with my son. It's not appropriate. Now, if a child is 14, 15, or 16, I think they can go up to the coach. But you know what? They're still going to be scared. So as a parent, I think it's you need to be back them up. And if you're an administrator and you don't educate your coaches on building or destroying self-confidence, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have a lot of kids who are not going to be able to play or play as well or be happy and have fun. Because you know what? That's what it should be all about, having fun. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Davis. Hope you enjoy our show here every week. There are a lot of ways to reach me. My email address is drj at winnersunlimited.com, drj at winnersunlimited.com. My website is winnersunlimited.com. You can check out my book, Just Let Them Play, on there. You can follow me on Twitter at, at drjsportspsych, at drjsportpsych. You can always give me a call at my office. That number is 816-561-5556, 816-561-5556. I give talks, presentations on these topics all the time. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're also podcasted on my website. Go to the podcast page and download it from there. If you've got a coach who's giving you some issues, have them listen. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. 
You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.